Galair, and welcome to the Loaf of Bread GA podcast, slicing into the GA of the past, present, and future. Join me, Jason Keelan, as we cut into the largest loaf of bread known to mankind. Hello, Diagwitch, Bonjour, Nihao, Konnichiwa, Guten Tag, and Privyat to you all, wherever you're listening in. What started as a message to 10 clubs has now expanded to more than 50 clubs globally from all continents. The journey through Loaf 2 GA Global continues this week as we move on to our next destination in the GA world. So come with me on the GA journey of a lifetime and meet clubs from Canada to Argentina, South Africa to Gibraltar, Bermuda to the North Pole, New Zealand to Kuwait, Knoxville to Qatar and literally everywhere in between. So grab the passports, grab the bags, it's time to go. On Slice 31, I fly from China to the east of the USA and the state of Tennessee, where, live from the brewery, Ben and Adam bring us through the life and the crack at Knoxville Hurling Club. I find out all about the Keep Knoxville Scruffy motto, witnessing the Joe Cannon goal against Kilkenny in Crow Park, why Adam has a son called Ronan, having Offaly and Wexford lads at the club, and making the vital choices like Wendy's or Supermax, Randy Orton or Seamus, Mountain Dew or 7-Up, and of course, we mentioned the local jackass himself, Johnny Knoxville. But first as usual, let's check out the well-known city of Knoxville and see what it has to offer. Bon Sultas. As I arrive into beautiful Tennessee, I'm greeted with the sounds of a Kenny Chesney song on the piano. Kenny is a local man, hailing from the city of Knoxville, who has recorded more than 20 albums, containing more than 40 top 10 hits in the US and beyond in his beautiful country music style. Knoxville is a city of just about 190,000 people in the eastern part of the state of Tennessee. For those who don't want to Google map, we're on the southeastern region of the US today, surrounded by states like Virginia, Kentucky, Georgia, Mississippi and others. Nashville is the state capital, a city best known as the home of country music, the home of former President Jackson, and musicians like the Cyrus family, Lady Antebellum, and the birthplace of the well-known NFL coach of the Patriots, Bill Belichick. Tennessee as a name comes from the famous Cherokee native settlers and their area called Tennessee. When the Europeans rocked up in the 16th century, a Spaniard named Juan Pardo is said to have recorded the area as Tenasky. At the time thereafter, more than a quarter of the Europeans were Scots-Irish. These, along with the others, formed the Watauga Association in 1772 and created basically their own form of government. Sadly, less than a century later, many of the Cherokee people along with the more than 2,000 slaves will be forced to march from the lands to Oklahoma. 8,115 kilometers away across nine states in an event in history which will go down as Nuna Dal Insui, the trail where we cried, or the trail of tears as we know it. After the years of civil war, the state of Tennessee, like many, began rebuilding in the period known as Reconstruction. Sadly, one aspect of the period that came about was the foundation of the now infamous Ku Klux Klan in the state in 1865. But the reconstruction period aimed to put the state as a prospering region for others to model on. The building of a model Parthenon in Nashville showed this, creating the nickname Athens of the South as a result. But despite major events like the worst train crash in US history in Nashville in 1918, the Great Depression of 29, two world wars, the Vietnam War, Korea War, the assassination of Martin Luther King in Memphis, natural disasters and others, the state continues to be one with big industrial progressions and employment possibilities in many areas such as electronics, automotives, agriculture and food. The state has created many famous names in life, from the iconic and often mythical Davy Crockett to the teenage years and onwards of one Elvis Aaron Presley, from the musical goddesses of Aretha Franklin and Dolly Parton to icon Justin Timberlake and the Everly Brothers. Screen names like Kathy Bates, Quentin Tarantino, Megan Fox, DJ Qualls right through to wrestling names like Ric Flair and Randy Orton. And of course, this iconic voice. There are those of us who like to venture to the unexplored. 
to see the beauty in the strange and unknown. Those of us who go out there with a sense of wonder. The city of Knoxville was the state's first capital back in 1786, and like many cities in the US at the time, needed the intro of the railroad some half century or so later to bring prosperity and progress to the city. In an area which relied on industry, the depression that began in the early days in September 1929 caused the city of Knoxville to suffer terribly. Poor leaders and party politics left the people with little quality of living for several years. But the city didn't descend into the sort of chaos seen several centuries before when the local Gazette papers had regular accounts of murder and hostility towards the Cherokee people. Ironically, one of the biggest negatives labelled against the town at the time was the presence of multiple drinking establishments, but no church. For many, including us Irish, it probably doesn't seem like a big negative at all. Over the years, the decline became more noticeable, but the city people didn't give in, and after many projects, they found a revitalization in the 1982 World's Fair. On the home stretch, next stop, the Knoxville World's Fair and its fabulous sun sphere. This project was a gathering of more than 11 million people to the city under the theme of energy, given that the US Science Center at Oak Ridge was in the state. The same Oak Ridge that was involved in the design of the first A-bombs. Skeptics were rife, including the Wall Street Journal who labelled the city as scruffy, something ironically the lads will mention in a bit. Essentially, it became a showcase of the nations of the world as more than 25 highlighted the greatness of their own country. The fair also featured some new innovations in the world, such as the idea of touchscreen, paying at the pump for diesel, and the first cherry cola-flavoured Coca-Cola drink. Today, if you visit the Holiday Inn near the site, you will see a lasting legacy of the fair left by the Hungarians, the world's largest Rubik's Cube, a symbol of their country's history. The iconic sun sphere will be familiar to many, especially Simpsons fans as you may have heard. This 81 meter spire with its golden ball on top was given high acclaim when it was completed in 1982 for the fair. It remains today as a lasting memory. A name I guess I should mention, as so many Irish should be familiar with, is Philip John Clapp, better known as this guy. Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. Johnny Knoxville shot to fame in 2000 with the introduction of the world to the famous Jackass, an idea born from testing safety equipment, which was noticed by the director, Jeff Tremaine, who went on to do Jackass himself. With the likes of the famous Steve-O, Chris Pontius, Bam Majera, Ryan Dunn and Jason Acuna, better known as Wee Man. They went on to success with the show globally. On the sporting side, the state's best-known teams are perhaps the NFL side, the Tennessee Titans, NBA stars, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the National Predators of the NHL. The Titans actually spent longer as the Houston Oilers in Texas, named by their founder Bud Adams, but moved to the state of Tennessee in 97 to become the Oilers. It was in 99 they became the Titans. The team, sadly, has no Super Bowl wins to date. Their most famous player ever is arguably quarterback Steve McNair, known as Air McNair, who died tragically in 2009. The Grizzlies of Memphis have been so since 2001. Before that, they were the Vancouver Grizzlies. They also have no championships to date. And the ice hockey stars of the Predators also have yet to taste final victory, but are very much in their early days, having only been founded in 1998. I'll let the guys tell us all about Knoxville Hurling Club, which began in 2016, as it's better to hear from them. But safe to say these guys are the real deal and their passion for hurling and its ethos is as passionate as anybody's in Ireland. And remember when I mentioned history bashing the area for having no church and too many pubs? Well let's go over to the local legends Adam and Ben themselves to hear all about Knoxville hurling live from the brewery. Uh, how are you? Who am, who am I talking to? Doing well. Yeah man, Ben. My name's Ben, this is Adam. Ben and Adam, hey how are you? I'm doing, doing well. Man. How are you doing? Yeah, not so bad, yes. How was all in Knoxville? Doing pretty good. Can't complain. Yeah. Yes. Weather's good. Yeah. You guys have set yourselves up in the most Irish position imaginable right in front of a set of bar taps. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Adam's a head brewer. One of the best little microbreweries in Knoxville. So here we are. Okay. Sounds good, yeah. Is, uh, is brewing a big thing out in, uh, in Tennessee? Yeah, it picked up, especially in East Tennessee um, and Knoxville in the last five or six years. It definitely... Uh, 
we're probably up to about 25 or so breweries for a fairly, I don't know, mid-sized, small southern town. That's uh, it's a pretty good amount. Do you guys consider Knoxville as a small town then? A little bit. I mean, what do we have? 180,000? <laughs> yeah. So nothing, <laughs> no, nothing like Nashville. <laughs> Definitely not a village or anything, but uh, it's still yeah. has kind of a small town feel. It's kind of, as far as its geography, it's kind of spread out. It's very linear. So okay. it takes like 30 minutes to get across town, maybe 45, depending on how bad traffic gets. So, okay. Um, little it's pockets, one, little communities. Um, yeah. Have their own feel. It's one of the states I've, I've not been to Tennessee. I've been to about half of the American states, roughly. And oh, wow. it's, not, it's not one I've been to yet. Um, but I do plan on going there. I was kind of, uh, there's a lot of states that I hit that I, I wasn't ever expecting to ever get to in my life, like, you know, Utah, Wyoming, South Dakota, North, North Dakota. So, yeah, Tennessee is definitely on my list after seeing the the potential of all the states. I'm definitely going back again as soon as soon as I can. So, well, what's good to do in Knoxville then? Uh, aside from drink, uh, <laughs> there's a few things. Uh, Knoxville is kind of like the gateway. There's a lot of stuff like within about an hour's drive of Knoxville. You can really do if you want to do some outdoor stuff. You've got uh, you've got some state parks that are local, and then you've got some national parks. The Great Smoky Mountains National Park is about a hour and 15 minutes away give or take so okay. a lot of hiking and then some really good views if you're into that and if you wanted to go south if you're into um water sports if you want to do some kayaking or some uh oh. white rafting uh down on the okoe is like i said about, a, about an hour and a half south uh so east tennessee's definitely got the uh kind of tennessee's very different it's broken up to like three grand regions so basically west tennessee is all like flat delta um very different feel. Middle Tennessee is like the plateau and where Nashville is. And it has its own feel, big city. Um, and then uh, East Tennessee, a lot more rural, uh, mountainous, um, a lot more uh, space between people, I guess you'd say. Yeah, yeah. it's like where, it's where Southern America meets Appalachian American. So there's yeah. a cool building of culture there. Okay. We also have like the urban wilderness, which is, mm -hmm. I think, like 50 miles of hiking trails just basically within the city limits kind of and there's like mountain bike. i think we're becoming like a fairly regional destination for like mountain biking yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like knoxville has a cool downtown it's real walkable there's like a market square it's kind of the heartbeat of the whole town and there's some cool kind of branches veins off of there so eat drink and do some out outdoor <laughs> activities find some concerts i guess yeah, it sounds like you've just basically described my wife's dream town, essentially, there, whatever you just said, or dream state, anyway. So, yeah. Well, come down, we'll, we'll host you. We'll take yeah. you. Yeah. We'll show you all the good stuff. I yeah. feel like I feel I'm like going out up there somehow, yeah. <laughs> I've been over to Ireland once, spent about 10 days driving around most of okay. the uh, counties, and uh, there's a lot that was uh, familiar. A lot, a lot of mm. green, a lot of mountainous, and a lot of, yeah. you know, farming and uh, kind of small town feel. So, East yeah. Tennessee definitely kind of has that feel to it. Okay, so add Tennessee to my list then for sure, yes. And and how did I see you've got a Ben, you've got your, your t shirt on. How did Knoxville hurling come about? <laughs> yeah, so in, in college, uh, I went to West Virginia University and I, there was okay. some Irish lads who came over to study in my program. Um, one was from County Offaly, one was from Wexford. And a couple of years after I graduated in 2015, my wife and I went to Ireland for two weeks. And I met up with my buddy Colm in Dublin. And we ended up, he took me, one of the things he wanted to do was take me to Croke Park. Yeah. And I watched, uh, it was Kilkenny and Galway. It was like a, one of the semifinals that year. Okay. I had never been exposed to hurling at all. He took me to the match, it's packed out. We're sitting in the Galway section. Um, and from the get-go, I was like super intrigued. And at one point, Joe Canning, he, there's a ball struck like 80 yards. He turns over his back. You've probably seen it. He turns yeah. over, over <laughs> one, catches it, 180s, and just rips a goal. And I don't, yeah. really from that moment on, I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> so we left there. I was blown away. He took me to the park. We started pucking around. He sent me home with a hurl, crammed into my backpack on the airplane, you know. And, and I said, man, this is awesome. I, I was like, I got to see. Do they play this in America? I had no idea. I mean, it turns out they've been playing it for years, right? But I started getting on the internet, and I – found that Nashville had a club yeah. um, so I'm looking on there and they had a bracket from a tournament I guess it would have been 2000 earlier that year 2015 and I saw Knoxville kind of written in on the bracket and I said what in the world so I reached out turns out uh, 
there was an Army Reserve unit that was, you know, based in Knoxville. And the chief, Pat Harville, he had found uh, the sport in Atlanta. And so the, the, the Army Reserve unit started training once a month using hurling as part of their PT hmm. to kind of get in shape and, and have a fun doing it. So I, I, you know, I just jumped in. I said, hey, can I get involved? They said yes. And then long story short, that unit disbanded a couple of years ago. Oh. We kind of just built the club back up with civilians and kind of took what they had kind of initiated and organized it and registered and all that. So Whoa. Are you guys all American then now, or have you got any Irish or anyone else on board? Yeah, we, we have two Irish. Uh, we have a guy named Andrew Ledwith from County Mead. And then, we do, uh, I don't Martin. like him. Don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's actually one of the great, nicest people I've ever met. Okay. Uh, him and Inda. Inda's from um, Kildare. Kildare, thank you. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll but accept him. I, I do think we're <laughs> somewhat unique um, in that sense that we were we were started by purely Americans and we're driven predominantly by Americans. I mean, the two Irish guys we have have contributed significantly, um, but also this is really much a grassroots kind of initiative from sprouting up here in East Tennessee. So that's brilliant. Yeah. And what, what's your numbers like at the moment then, uh, Adam? Um, obviously COVID affected us pretty hard. Yeah. Um, right before the shutdown last year, we were probably on weekend trainings. We were probably around, High twenties, low thirties, which okay, is pretty, low. But really yeah. good. You know, we've been building on the success we had in 2019. Uh, we've gone 15 and one for 2019. Okay. Won about four tournaments. Won the state tournament. Um, wow! <laughs> so we had some success, and so we were building up to it. And then obviously uh, the world stopped moving in yeah. uh, March last year for everybody. So uh, kind of rebuilding, getting back on the horse in March of this year, wasn't it? We kind of got yeah. back to it. So. Uh, we built back up pretty quickly. Still had a lot of new folks, and uh, we lost some folks, you know, the newer folks that we had gained the year prior. But um, I want to say we're still high twenties, low thirties yeah. on good day. So we've got a we've got a pub league. Um, so team alliance versus team jig and reel. So <laughs> my brewery here versus a uh, the Scottish bar in town. Uh, nice. So we got some nice kit for that, and we just split into two and uh, try not to kick the living hell out of each other. Yeah. Too um, uh, well, that's always part of it, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's about once a month, maybe twice a month, depending on how the tournament schedule lays out. So we've got a match, okay. a public match Sunday. So yep. get back on the nice. horse. Um, so well, yeah, what, kind of a, what, what kind of position do you play after? Sorry. Do I, what do I play? Uh, yeah. Bench coach, uh, <laughs> beer provider, and uh, third keeper, if possible. Uh, okay. Sometimes pullback if, uh, if things are dire. I was going to ask, yeah, because like you have, if people can't see it, I put up the picture, you have the most like outstanding beard and you just look like a man that should be playing fullback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. It always squishes out from the <laughs> yeah. It looks ridiculous, but uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, have you been to Ireland then yourself? Or? Uh, yeah, I went uh, 2007. Okay. It's been about 10, 10 11 days. It was, uh, it was pretty fun. Aside from the hangovers, but uh, <laughs> that's part of visiting the country. <laughs> oh man, yeah, so, a lot of good pictures. I went with my brother and my wife. It was okay. actually uh, we made a holdover. We went to uh, flew into England and then went to Cardiff to meet okay. up with my former rugby team. They were on tour in Wales, oh. so I met up with them and then played a match and then drank myself silly in Wales for two days. Then we uh, caught a plane, then caught the uh, ferry. Not the ferry, the uh, I guess it's the ferry. It's like a hydrofoil ferry from North Wales over to Dublin. Yeah, uh, that was rough, especially horribly <laughs> hungover. But um, yeah, yeah, I was green. And uh, anyway, then we spent yeah, drove, rented a car uh, the second night out of Dublin, and then drove all over for about ten days, and then came back to Dublin and somehow found our way home. But it was a lot <laughs> nice. of fun. And, uh, nothing was really going on. We did catch a very small amount of. There was some. Uh, some like secondary school hurling going on. Yeah. We were driving through one of the small towns. We just pulled over and got out and stood against the rock wall and watched them. <laughs> so I, I knew what was going on because uh, being a rugby player for so long, the only way we could watch it in the States was with uh, Satanta. Yeah. And so it was always international and uh, European rugby. And then it was always GAA. So I knew what it all was. I just never seen mm. it live before. So I was uh, pretty excited to find out that Knoxville had a hurling team. I kind of, 
semi-retired from rugby years ago when the family got started and the yeah. kids were small and just too much to travel, especially being in the Southeast, we're really spread mm. out. So it takes uh, a lot of time and commitment to go play, you know, an 80 minute match mm. drive from Knoxville to Little Rock, Arkansas for 80 minutes kind of isn't worth it. Yeah. Weekend, so. Well, how did you get into the rugby in the first place? It's not, I know the, the Eagles and stuff in America have kind of, you know, started to grow when they had Eddie O'Sullivan in charge at one point as well. But how, how did you get into it yourself? So it's been, it's been in the colleges uh, and universities okay. for quite a long time. Um, so I, I had seen it prior. I watched, I guess, the, some of the 95 World Cup mm. and knew what was going on there. And then in college, uh, it was around 97 is when I started playing. I, I saw that U, UT had a team had a uh, rugby team. They also had lacrosse and a couple other things, mm. but rugby suited me a little bit better. I was in pretty good shape. So okay. went ahead and tried out for that and then played a couple of years at university and then started playing men's league after that. So played for okay. the Knoxville team and played for uh, the Charleston, South Carolina team when I lived there for a couple of years. And so, you weren't, you weren't uh, spotted by the American senior team? No, 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 I was not on any uh, national pathways. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I late. yeah. I think I was about 20 when I first, uh, knew what was going on and you know it's it's a rough sport so yeah even though i'm six four about 220 uh <laughs> i don't want to tackle any any 20 year old running at me full speed anymore so yeah i, thought, uh, I need to get out and run around a little bit so that's when uh, i realized uh, hurling was going to offer offer team sport that i needed and then also the uh the reason to get off my ass and i mean i'm probably <laughs> yeah. still going to drink too many beers but at least i'll get out and run around a little bit and have some yeah. fun well, six four and two twenty. If you stood on the hurling pitcher in Ireland, there's not many people who'd run at you. So, <laughs> well, I can't run away from anybody. <laughs> Too damn slow nowadays. I turned forty five this year, so I uh, wish I would have found it earlier. Yeah, fair enough. That's good. Yeah. Uh, do you guys, uh, Ben? I ask every club, have you got any like issues with getting a pitch to play on? Because a lot of teams have so many hassles with local councils, local whatever it is they've got to deal with. How do you guys fare out? Yeah, Knoxville's been very supportive. Uh, now, we don't have any pitches that are like regulation size. Yeah. You know, in the USGA, we play 13 a side, and the, the pitch is smaller, but it's still substantially bigger than an American softball or yeah. soccer, soccer or even yeah. a football field. Um, so we, hmm. we play on soccer pitches. Um, and like I said, we've got a great relation with the city. We, there's kind of an old rugby pitch. Do a lot of our pub, pub league games there. And then we host a tournament at a nice little soccer complex here in town along the river and everything. The, the annual Scruffy City Invitational. Um, <laughs> Great name. Yeah, it's kind of a, a moniker that Knoxville has garnered through the years. You know, keep Knoxville scruffy is one of our taglines. Okay. So Adam's beard goes a long ways towards that. <laughs> but, uh, but no, we, we do well in that. We just – sometimes we have to play a little bit lower numbers. You know, we may play nines or elevens. Um, okay. Our last public game we played 12, you know, but – when we have an official USGA uh, tournament, we try to play 13. Just sometimes it's a little cramped out there. Okay. And what's the local pub scene like then, dare I ask? Oh, man. Uh, you talking about the, the hangouts? Well, in general, yeah. If you've got a, a lot of teams have like a local sponsor pub. I'm kind of guessing yeah, you, you might have one. <laughs> yeah, it's, re it's actually really cool. Um, we've partnered as an organization, our, our Knoxville Gaelic Athletic Club. We've partnered with Boyd's Jig and Reel. It's kind of a Celtic Scottish music pub in what's called the Old City, okay. one of the older parts of downtown. And then we're also that's so one of our public teams is sponsored by Boys Jigging Reel, and the other is sponsored by Alliance Brewing Company. Uh, and it's a great, great kind of microbrewery here in South Knoxville. And they've they've kind of tried to develop a culture around active beer culture. Um, so that that really kind of synergizes with our club. We're just trying to use hurling. Um, the pub after as a way to stay healthy, but also develop, you know, meaningful friendships and relationships. Mm. Um, we know that I think the teammate relationships, one of the, the most unique and special relationships. And in America, you really have that growing up. You have that through, you know, what we call high school, yeah. but you lose a lot of that in adulthood. And so that's one of the things I love about hurling is it provides that competitive um, realm, but also an ability to still have teammates to be part of a team. Uh, and so I think there's a, a synergy between what our clubs are doing and also some of those local pubs. And uh, one of our values in the clubs is rootedness. So we want to be rooted in our local community. And mm. part of that's collaborating with whether it's the pubs or different organizations in town. So I think it's a great scene that's really provided a lot of fun and opportunity to get to know people in a kind of a meaningful way.
yeah, you've you've sort of by the sounds of it, you've hit the traditional GA club right on the head with the community thing because that is literally what the the entire GA is about. So yeah, you've definitely got that one worked out. Um, I have to ask as well, actually speaking of community and county and all that, have you guys? Since you've both been to Ireland, have you adopted a hurling county of choice that you follow? Uh, you're going away. Yeah. All, all the way, for sure. Yeah, I okay. definitely, um, <laughs> you know, I mentioned I, I got to go to Croke Park and see yeah. Galway play. Um, happened to be working at a high school here in Knoxville. Our colors mar- are maroon and white. And so oh, cool. I was like, okay, that kind of jives right there. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, my wife and I got to spend two nights in Galway City and just really enjoyed that. Um, mm found some i guess trad irish music down there that just spoke to the soul yeah um <laughs> enjoyed those kind of walkable pebble streets they have down there in galway city so and actually in addition to that uh we had a, a lad come over last or i guess it's 2019 um david was from county galway he played some senior level and he was studying oh. at UT, getting a master's degree and so he ended up making it putting a transfer in and registering with our club and yeah he was here for six weeks and it was uh it was pretty cool to have somebody of that caliber to come and help run trainings and show yeah. what they're doing at that level. And then also just, you know, picking up on drills and then just having yeah. somebody, you know, kind of live that life for a little bit was pretty neat. So yeah. it, was, uh, it was a real learning experience for us all. Do you, so, do you know a second name? I'm sorry? Do you know a second name? Do you remember a second uh, name? Farrell, wasn't it? David Farrell? Yeah. can't remember the spelling. It was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, it was a lot of R's. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was from Crawwell. I think it was his home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was beautiful. It was cool, too. We, uh, Nashville has an annual tournament, the Music City Invitational. And uh, we went down with him alongside of us. And that was the first time we got over the hump and actually won, like, a road tournament. Uh, so that was, that was a grand day, you know, to go down to Nashville, which draws teams from multiple divisions here in America. And we I tell you, we put out probably the best team we put out yet. I mean, we've been around – five years now but um the quality of hurling relative to us was significant that day we, we won our first tournament he had a lot to do with that hmm. and then he went on back to ireland but i think we won two or three more tournaments that year so he really helped elevate our standard and some oh. of our awareness of how to train and, and what it takes to be successful on our level um so you know with his attachment to galway i'm, I'm kind of a galway man through <laughs> and through now so I like that. Yeah, I was born in Galway. The, my own county, Westmeath, here is is maroon and white as well. So I can, I can take that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that as a good choice. Yeah, Adam, your your choice better be just as good now. So, Uh man, I, I, we went through. I can't say I had every every county in uh, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't in Northern Ireland. Yeah, most of it was a blur. But uh, yeah, we. Uh, I had some good times there. I don't know. My, I was chatting with my brother. Um, he's come out a few times for some training. So he, uh, he's pretty busy, but uh, he definitely loves his genealogy and stuff. So he, he's, tra- he's traced us back. Uh, my last name is Ingle, I-N-G-L-E. Uh, so we, we've definitely got some Irish and a little Scotch and uh, not all that much English, oddly enough. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember. He, he got us down from two different counties and they weren't big hurling counties. I can't remember what they were. I looked them up okay. and I was like, I don't think I've ever... I don't even know if they have like a county hurling team. <laughs> so they play football up there. So, um, so I guess I just kind of root for a good match mostly, to be honest. Okay. Whatever's going on. So I don't well, have a whole lot of allegiance. Well, we could take a six foot four, two twenty in Westmeath any day. <laughs> we, okay. we we've suffered some uh, hor- horrendous. Yeah, we've suffered some horrendous losses in the past couple of weeks. So um, we, we'll t- we'll take you. Age forty five. That doesn't matter. It's just a number. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. You're an honorary Westmead man now, definitely. So I can say that, yeah. Uh, it, uh, my, my kit sorted out. Exactly, yeah. We'll we, we try and sort you out with a kit, definitely. Yeah. We'll just put fullback number three on us. Yeah, no offense to the right. Westmead fullback at the moment, but Excellent. we've we've shipped a lot in the past couple of weeks and we're just looking to stop that, basically. So nice. uh, did either of you find, a, I know, um, Ben, you probably have Joe Canning. Did either of you have a, a favorite, have a favorite player or had a favorite player in the past couple of years? Yeah, I suppose... Joe Canning's not an original one. You know, there's a lot of, I imagine a lot of folks in Ireland that can appreciate his level of play. But I think that that catch he made um, in Croke Park that day I was there is probably one of the most unbelievable plays of sport I've just seen. You know, somebody's appreciated American sports for years, but um, to be there in person and and also the year they won that Ireland final, just 
um, some of the clutch plays he made down the stretch. I think he had a he had a free right on the sideline, or maybe just a point right off the sideline yeah. in, in the, the last moments of that. I mean, it, just unbelievable clutch factor. And I, I grew up a Michael Jordan fan, you know, basketball. Yeah. And the thing I always appreciated was his ability to perform perform under the utmost pressure. Yeah. So I've seen that in Joe Canning, um, just overall skill level he has and dominance. Uh, so, I mean, it's hard not to, to go anywhere beyond Joe Canning there, um, as unoriginal that may be. But <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah, we just need to – I think we need to make a last dance with Joe Canning now at this stage. <laughs> yeah, hopefully so, yeah. yeah I, one time I – yeah, I guess – I don't know if it's him or his family has the canning hurls. You know, I got me one yeah. of those one time. It lasted a pretty good while. So, my um, level of play, you know, they say uh, Michael Jordan, it's all about the shoes sometimes. You know, <laughs> you get the Michael Jordan shoes, the hurl, the Joe Canning hurl, it helped. It didn't quite take me to that level, but I was on my way. So, yeah, that's cool. Yes. Adam, have you a favorite player or was the, the hangover? Uh, I try and watch a lot. It's hard to keep up with it. Most yeah. of it because stuff we get over here, everything's still in Gaelic. So <laughs> I hardly know what the hell anybody's saying. So I'm basically just trying to keep up with the Schlitter moving around. Um, one person I did watch some things on, I want to say it was, um, I think BBC did, did a small program a couple of years ago where they were taking people out of their comfort zones and putting them in different sports and they were having people switch roles. And, oh, that uh, was a uh, that was an Irish, yeah. yeah, AIB. It was uh, a bank here that did it called the Toughest Trade. What's that? The Toughest Trade. It was called. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think uh, Lee Chin from Wexford. Yep. He went over and uh, came over to the U.S. and uh, learned was learning how to skate and play That's professional right, yeah. hockey. And I can't remember who they traded out, and somebody else was somebody else was learning hurling. Uh, or I guess it was a keeper. Yeah, they sent uh, – it was like the avalanche keeper, somebody from uh, the NHL over to uh, learn how to hurl. Mm. And uh, there was one on Gaelic football versus rugby as well, and they had Shane Williams. Yeah, that's but, right. Uh, but just seeing him, he was a good sport, uh, and uh, definitely he's a big lad as well. So for him to be, uh, you know, uh, willing to go out and try something new, especially have it all filmed, seemed like he was a pretty good dude. Uh, so I guess I'll, I'll pull a little bit for, uh, for him. Whenever I see if Wexford's on, try to keep an eye out for him. Okay, cool. Yeah, so Lee Chin, Lee Chin and Joe Canning, yeah, probably two of the greatest greatest modern day players. I would say, yeah, good, good choices, definitely. So, uh, and then, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, I know I asked you about the pub and sponsorship and stuff. Do you have any other issues with like fundraising and stuff that a lot of clubs are experiencing in the past couple of years, struggling to to keep funding? Are you guys are you lucky enough, or have you got some issues with it? I don't- I'd have to say, um, give a shout out to, to the GAA and the, um, was it a global games? Global games committee. Yeah. The games development yeah. fund. We've, we've been able to secure, I think it was three grants annually the past few years. Um, they've got a great program where they, they allocate some funds, um, from the GAA to the USGA. Um, and so that's been a, a huge boost. Um, you put in a proposal for different developmental things here in the area. Yeah. Grant, yes, yeah, yeah, grants, um, submissions, and we've been allocated three of those, and that's been a big boost. Um, huge, huge help. And so we, we have the public sponsors. We also, uh, I have to say, there's an Irish tavern in town called Clancy's um, Tavern and Whiskey House. Nice. They, they were our, our first sponsor um, back in 2016. They, okay. they supported us before anybody else did. And that, we kind of look at them as our travel team sponsor, uh, and they, they actually sponsor our annual tournament every year. Uh, where we have the, the Clancy Cup is on the line, nice. so have to give them a, an appreciation shout out there. They they boosted us from the very beginning. Um, so we've been fortunate. I mean, we we do things fairly low cost. We're able to to uh, get get people to support us to buy our kits. Then we kind of sell them back to our players, and occasionally we'll do merchant, you know, kind of some mm. team gear, and we'll, we'll kind of sell that with a little bit of a a markup just to kind of get some. And people understand they're supporting the club. And, yeah and then the movement of, of GAA in this area. So uh, we've done pretty well. We've always had enough. I mean, we can always use more support, and, and that is kind of a, uh, a linear thing. The more support we have, the, the better we're able to grow. But so far, we've been okay. Hmm. I suppose I, I normally ask it at the end, but since you mentioned it, I've, um, can people buy your, your gear and stuff online just because I always try and promote you know, or push people towards the, the club gear? Can, can people find it on a particular website or Neil's or anywhere? Yeah, we have an O'Neill's team shop. Oh, cool. uh, we just uh, we're pretty proud of the little, the kit we've got on there right now. Hmm. Uh, we have a lo- we actually have a local sponsor too, the Knox Wire Harnesses. It's a 
there's some lads in the club that have their own business and they sponsored us. But the kit we got there, it actually has um, a mountain range on the bottom of the jersey, which is the Smoky Mountains nice. I mentioned earlier. And then across the shoulder blades, you'll get a little bit of a Knoxville skyline on there. Nice. Our colors are navy and sky. Uh, and so I, we're, we're a little bit of gray thrown in there. So uh, we're pretty proud of that kit. And you can find that on O'Neill's uh, team shop there, just Knoxville GAC. Yeah. Uh, we went with Gaelic Athletic Club because club is a little bit more of an American language yeah. word than association is there. But yeah, Knoxville GAC, O'Neill's is probably the easiest way right now. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, do you remember either of you remember your debut game, your first game? I, I certainly do. Uh, 2016 in, in Nashville, um, I was actually playing with the, the Army guys at that point. We yeah. just had great t- they had gray Army T-shirts on. I had a gray T-shirt with a Tennessee state flag on there. But I had uh, – what I remember the most, I, had, I took a 65 um, straight baseball swing, to be honest. Yeah. The first one I whiffed, like all get out, you know. And I didn't even know that I couldn't just lift it at that point. That's how green <laughs> I was. But – to be fair, in that same game, I got another opportunity and put one over the bar from 65, um, which in retrospect was must have been pretty lucky because I struggle to do that now, right? <laughs> but, uh, but no, we, we got demolished. But one, the last thing I'd say about that day was there's a really cool culture um, in the southeast here of just, you know, this is all a pretty new sport for a lot of these folks. And I remember the teams that day were actually coaching us up, you know, during the match, just trying mm. to ultimately trying to grow the sport trying to take a new team and that was getting pulverized, but kind of educate us on the game. So that was, it was a humbling, but great experience that, that first day in Nashville for me. Okay. Should we be the same item we were there that day? Or? Uh, I started in fall of 2018. So okay. uh, a little bit newer, uh, really wasn't sure what was going on. And uh, the season was just finishing up and we had our the only next match up was uh, we were hosting our home tournament. So uh, came out and helped set up and everything. And then we had enough people. We actually split into two teams. So I got a couple of uh, matches that day. But, uh, yeah, I was back there at fullback and needed to lift a ball and try and get it out. And then uh, somebody from Nashville, I guess, came in and uh, ended up just swatting the lad right in the damn head. <laughs> missed, the, missed the Schlitter. I thought I just murdered somebody. <laughs> and we were still – we were running full speed. Yeah. And uh, it glanced off. And I was like, I probably just decapitated this poor guy. <laughs> And uh, I asked him if he was all right. He had an Irish accent and kept going, said he was fine. And I was yeah. like, oh, shit, this is good. So, <laughs> yeah. we're all right. We can get along with this. So, uh, anyway, yeah. trying to hit anybody else in the head since then. But, uh, uh, yeah, that was, uh, I guess, 2018. So, nice. trying to, to do a little better with my follow-through. Uh, that sounds like a pretty impressive follow-through already. That that goes well mm-hmm. normally in Ireland. So, I, would, I wouldn't be too worried about any of that. As long as he said he was fine, that's... Even if he, even if he didn't say he was fine, I still would have played on anyway. It wouldn't yeah, matter. So, nothing shattered. Yeah. He'd be fine. Exactly. Yeah. No blood, um, no, blood no foul. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, what's been the? I know you. So you guys have been incredibly successful. I didn't really realize how successful you already were. What's been the? What's been the standout victory in all the championship wins so far? Is there a particular one you've got over a local rival that you're just like extra special? Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I mean the uh, it, 2019 was our most successful year in the sense that. Uh, you know, the Southeast Division here in America, now we're all playing Junior C. We have some new teams at Junior D. So relatively, mm-hmm. it's a lower level, but um, but it's competitive in its own right. I think we're up to like 14 or 15 teams. Um, we have, you know, we've organized a statewide kind of league, Tennessee Hurling League. So that's us, Nashville, Memphis. Um, of course, there's a couple teams in South Carolina, Florida, North Carolina. So that, you know, that was our best year, I think, we got second down in Greenville. We won the Nashville tournament. We won a tournament over in Charleston. Uh, we won our own tournament. And then we won the Tennessee Hurling League. And um, I, I think some of that was due. We have a pretty fit team. We, we try to outlast teams from an endurance standpoint. Um, and really just at that point, we had a nice kind of nucleus of probably 15, 20 players that were real, real committed. Uh, we weren't huge numbers, but we had a lot of cohesiveness. And, we're, and it kind of showed in that year. I think uh, we just – we've had one tournament this year in, in Charlotte, um, North Carolina, who's been a tradition, a, a Gaelic football club, mm. has started playing hurling. And, and they came out with a, a really high level of play. And um, we only took third in that tournament. So we've, we're trying to get – this season, trying to get a number of new players integrated kind of into what we're doing. And, and that's um, a process that's ongoing. But 
growing pains. A little bit of growing pains going yeah. on now, but it's. I think it's. Pay off the long run. Yeah, I think uh, we've been kind of uh, – the standard has been set now, and we have something to kind of strive towards as far as our level of play on the field. And we, I think we, we sent probably 18 down to Greenville, and we had six, six folks. That was their first tournament ever, first competition at, um, outside of kind of our own club. So – it was, it was a little rude awakening on some levels, but ultimately it was a great day. And um, we're excited to continue to kind of build on the momentum we've had in the last two years. I mean, we went from getting destroyed to losing kind of close to winning some close games. And then yeah. that 19, we had a lot of success, but um, we're kind of um, back. To, you know, every every year is a new team with new challenges. And we're excited to kind of continue to, to work and grow and have a lot of fun along the way as well. Yeah. I love the way you said about uh, endurance and stamina as you knock back beers and sit in front of bar tubs and in a brewery. Well, it's turbo loading. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's the <laughs> Irish uh, Irish way of doing things. Yeah. yeah we're, uh, we're, you need balance. And, you know, life yeah. balance there. So. Yeah. That's, that's, you've, got, you've got the perfect balance by the looks of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a couple of other questions and then there's a little quick fire round at the end, which is kind of a, it's a stu- completely stupid round and uh, you'll see how stupid it is in a few minutes. But um, the other question I have to ask and on a night out, is there a club karaoke song of choice? That's all. You know, <laughs> Finger uh, pointed uh, straight away. Yeah, no. yeah, I laugh because uh, Greenville afters, you know, a couple of weekends ago devolved into some karaoke. And so they, they coaxed me into singing, but I, I was only willing to do it if there was a Sublime What I Got. I don't know if you're familiar, but there's an American band from, I guess, the 90s called Sublime. And okay. What I Got is the song that I'm willing to do. It's, it's never pretty, but uh, it's, it's worth a good laugh at the very least. So Okay. I haven't heard of that song. That's usually... I'm pretty... to look it up. Yeah. It's yeah. from uh, 97 or 96. Okay. Yeah, it's, got a, it's a Southern California kind of beach, reggae-tinged American song. So... <laughs> Okay. You can look that up and, and culture, and you'll be yeah. cultured a little bit there. Uh, that's, something. Yeah, that's got to be the back, the background tune, I think, to the podcast. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I'll send you the video. I'm pretty sure it's on here. Yeah, perfect. I got to check it out. What's it called? Sublime. What's the song called? Sublime. Uh, what I got. Yeah. What I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Make sure you get the uh, edited version. Yeah. yeah don't, don't let the kids around. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see. It depends. Whichever version pops up first, I'll use. So, um, and then, uh, what would you say is your, your toughest opponents you've ever come across? What was that? Sorry. Sorry. The toughest team you've ever played against. I would say, so Indianapolis has a club that's very well established. Um, mm. The last I heard, they had about, they had, Within their city league, they had 15 teams, 10 to 15 teams. Uh, and so a few years back, we played the Indianapolis A team. Um, they were kind of a junior A, and they yeah. were really good. Um, to be honest, that Charlotte team we played the other day was one of the better teams we've competed against okay. in a few years. Um, they've quickly – they've had a lot of uh, – again, they've played Gaelic for years and years. They're real established. <laughs> and so they've making a quick transition into hurling, um, a rededication to playing hurling. and. Had a couple of Irish lads. We, I knew we were in trouble when they, uh, within a minute of the match, they hit a long ball. It bounced off the ground. The guy, 180, <laughs> one hand smacked it over the bar from like 40 yards away. I was like, oh, okay, okay. So, <laughs> there we are, right? Yeah. So, so fair play. They, they've gotten good quickly. Um, so Indy or Charlotte. Um, and then at, when we first started out, Atlanta uh, was kind of the standard in our division in hurling. Um, they've since decided to focus on football, but um, an early on Atlanta team was our bar. And then um, those other two I mentioned are, are pretty strong. Hmm. I've had Kyle and David from Indy. They were on um, a few weeks ago with me. So yeah, their episode will be on just before yours as well. So you'll get to, I don't know. I can't remember if they mentioned you. That's was, when you said India, I was like, did they mention Knoxville? I don't actually remember if they did or not, but. Um... Yeah, we've, we've only played them once and it's been four, like, probably four years ago, but I do okay. think that's, um, like I said, fair play to them because my understanding is they've been really American-led in what they're doing, yeah. and they've come a long ways. You know, a lot of these clubs have started before us, so hopefully that's a trajectory we can be on as well. But um, they've done they've done really some really cool things up there, and it's a standard that we can look to 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 kind of strive for. And we appreciate. We, I just yeah. appreciate some of these clubs across the country that are are um, really setting the standard and kind of pioneering some of the development here in America. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Like you guys, and same as Indy, the 
it's very American centered. The core, the ninety percent of the team is American. You're not just like fourteen Irish guys and just said, okay, bring in an American guy. Let's make it look like we're some sort of you know international team. But you're American to the core, basically. Yeah, I think the uh, hurling to me is you know I grew up playing basketball among mm. other American sports, and I I truly think hurling is the greatest sport in the world. And the fun thing about it for Americans is, and at least my experience, there's so many skills that you develop playing American sports that do translate into hurling. But then there's a whole nother skill set or, or set of skills that are new and fresh. And it, it, it kind of creates a, uh, an exciting experience to have somewhat of a base, but then all these mm. new things to develop. And the immediate gratification of that first time you put a ball over the bar or the first time you yeah. get a good sh- fair shoulder in. I mean, there's um, so there's a nice combination of, of that grace and power that um skill and strength that we're somewhat familiar to but also new ground that you can explore so I, we always say if we can just get people out to try it they're going to yeah. stick because it's so fun it's it's um just a great experience and so i think i truly think it's the next big thing in america it's it's kind of growing um slowly but i think there's a little bit of an exponential growth and you've seen the cross take off yeah. in america over the last 10 years and i think hurling's kind of on a similar trajectory in my opinion yeah. Have you any plans to go football as well? Not right now. Um, yeah. Everybody. Yeah. We're just mainly, I would say only a couple of lads have some major soccer experience mm. that everybody's up, you know, a few of them of us are up for, you know, a third period of uh, maybe some football if, uh, if the other team wants to as well. Um, but it's usually, you know, we're playing Nashville quite a bit in Memphis and then, uh, Obviously, uh, those are kind of one-off games, and so if we can get a third period in or something like that, then that would be fine. But uh, yeah, and definitely in the South, it's mostly uh, hurling. I think there's, I think Atlanta and gosh, Bluffton or something, South yeah. Carolina are the only two specific football only, and then everybody else is hurling mostly mm. with maybe maybe some football. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, not right now, but uh, I mean, I think we have. We've got a football floating around somewhere, so if anybody <laughs> wants to uh, kick it around the training, we can, we can do it. But uh. Yeah, we, we definitely intentionally named our club Knoxville Gaelic Athletic Club to, to allow that the room for growth Open, there yeah. you know, versus a Knoxville Hurling Club or something. <laughs> no, sure, it's hurling. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> you know, but I think we've chosen to kind of focus in on hurling um, just to kind of develop that first and then allow we, – we definitely want to uh, get commo- – we have some women that play with us. We'd like to get a – kind of a true camogie team going that's one of our goals and um we've tossed around the idea of some youth development stuff over the next few Mm. years and you know so there's always a discussion about gaelic football but i think right now it's it's kind of on the back burner as we continue to to focus in and develop hurling and those others yes do you think uh since you mentioned the schools some i know some clubs around the world have big youth like setups are you competing against like nba nfl and that kind of thing in the schools to get kids in yeah, I would, I would like, honestly, to in my community, in our community, I'd like to develop hurling as an alternative to American football. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love watching American football. I played it a little bit as a kid, but I'm in orthopedic sports medicine, and Whoa. the rate of injury, particularly head injuries, is, yeah. is high to a level that makes me personally a little uncomfortable letting, you know, encouraging my children to play that. Whereas I think hurling gives you a physical sport, um, but yet the injury prevalence is a little bit lower. So I, I don't, I'm not trying to replace American football, but I'd love for it to be a, an alternative option for mm. families. Um, and also um, one of our core values as a club is just family. We want to treat our friends as family, but also we look at um, our players and, and their spouses and their children as a part of the club, as much as our travel team is. So um, we want. We think that a number of our members already have kids. We think it'd be a really fun kind of holistic experience if we could um, get some of the kids playing and training. So I, I do think there's probably room to kind of find our own niche within the schools. We haven't tried to break that ground yet. We're just kind of contemplating what that might look like. But uh, I, I tend to think there's a desire from for some alternative options that uh, might suit some of our community. Mm. Yeah, I know this is totally off the point, but just since you mentioned it and since you're seeing a bit of a, an expert in it, like my, my mates are very, 
they're big NFL fans. Like my best mate's a big Seahawks fan. My cousin's a big Packers fan. I know, as I've said to a few American clubs, I know shit all about NFL. I followed the Broncos because it was the first stadium I landed at. And I just said, yeah, these guys will do. But like you've seen the, obviously studying it, you know a lot about the head injuries. And like I see Adam, like beside you as a man, you know, rugby stature and in the news these days, we've got like Steve Thompson from England and the other guys who are now, you know, putting in the the claims as such for early onset dementia and stuff. What, do you see much in the hurling side of anything ever coming of it like that? Or is are the injuries totally different? Yeah, I would I would say like in our five or six years of existence, we've had probably two diagnosed concussions, and that's relatively low. I mean, Ooh. the high school I work at um, – covering American sports, you'll probably have on average three to five concussions in a season, a year. Um, you have kids having to kind of like, you know, we had a guy who went to college on a high level and had to kind of retire, if you will, at an early age because of multiple concussions. And so, I mean, the potential is there um, for a concussion and hurling, but I think um, with the way it's coded with some of the rules on shouldering, I think the main thing is there's no tackling. Because when you're tackling, you're low in your head, you're getting helmet to helmet. Um, now, you can get knocked to the ground, maybe hit your head on the ground at hurling, but the chances of a helmet to helmet or a head to head are so significantly lower that I think mm. it's a possibility, but it's more in line with uh, maybe even a soccer, uh, which there's, there's occurrences in soccer, but it's just not on that. The prevalence is significantly lower than American football. And so I think in the long run, it's, it's substantially less of a risk when it comes to head injuries and some yeah. of that CTE long-term because the CTE tends to be repetitive. Even these micro traumas, like if you're in the line for American football, every play, you're just, you're not, not a high velocity, not, you're not yeah. running, but you you do have these helmet to helmets almost every play. And it, they seem to correlate that kind of sustained micro trauma over time to some of the CTE. You just don't have that in Gaelic sports. Yeah, and you find yourself, Adam, I presume you were—you must have been some sort of second row or number eight, surely, in, in your rugby career, were you? Uh, you know, funny thing, I, uh, through university, I, I was open side, and uh, okay. so ran around a little bit, kind of learned what was going on, was always the forward uh, being 6'4", and uh, yeah. didn't know what the hell the backs were doing the entire time. <laughs> and then we, uh, a couple years out of university and playing for the men's league, we, we decided we'd start some youth. Uh, high school programs and so I got my ref certificate I was a level one ref and then I was also a level one coach and so I had to kind of know how to coach high schoolers and the walk back so anyway next thing you know I showed up to practice I was faster than all the forwards and half of the backs and they're like okay you're a wing now I'm like oh (laughs) so um within like the last five seasons I played I started at every position uh I I played one season a, a six four scrum half Wow. Because I started scrum half was injured, so I just took over. I'd walk up to the scrum to put it in, and the other guy, of course, is, you know, 5'7". Yeah. He's like, I think you're in the wrong spot, mate. I was like, nah, sorry. So hip him out of the way and, you know, move the ball around. So, wow. um, yeah, a lot a lot of uh, – yeah, it gets down and dirty, especially, you know, those, uh, those penalty plays when you're five meters out. And then, uh, yeah, scrums aren't so bad. They're just – I mean, that's just repetitive. That's horrible for the neck and the rest Ooh. of the body. But yeah, the uh, when when somebody's trying to put a you know put a try in from five meters out, those those tackles and those those uh, those hits are just rough. And, yeah, uh, that was one reason. Yeah, I mean, I think it was around. It was early 2012. My son was born, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to travel this, but I'll or this season, but I'll still play some sevens. And so I played some more sevens and stuff. And I was, you know, I'm getting older, and the body's falling apart, so I don't need to expedite this process. So it was. Yeah, I don't want to get ran into by some giant twenty-five-year-old yeah. who can run a you know four-three forty. Yeah, um, I don't want to be in the way. So uh, yeah, yeah. So that led for me to figure. Out, and I'd been you know president of the club for years as well. So I was like, well, I'm I'm helping out in some form or fashion behind okay. the scenes. So that was that was more than enough for me. Yeah. Who who would be just out of curiosity? Who was your favorite rugby player or greatest of all time that you've come across? Um. Well, my son's name is Ronan. If that tells you anything, I'd say uh, uh, Raj, probably uh, <laughs> one of my favorites to watch. He, uh, he was a fiery competitor and, uh, you know, could be a bit of a bastard, but, uh, yeah. but, he, but man, he was clutch. He was clutch when you needed him for sure. So 
Yeah. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him return from France and, uh, you know, start coaching a, a provincial side. Maybe uh, see if he can fit back in, get in with mm. Munster, or uh, see if uh, you know at some point Andy Farrell will be out. You know, coaches coaches last you know what yeah. three three years maybe six. Um, so I think he's he's definitely one that probably lead the. Uh, the Irish side at some point. So. Okay, sounds cool. Yes, uh, yeah, I would like to see him in charge as well. He's um, he's staying in France anyway for now because Donica Ryan is going to be his his coach next season alongside him at La Rochelle. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, and my next guest actually on the podcast, if you're listening at all next week, is Tomas O'Leary. Um, so he's obviously been he's a, an All Ireland Gaelic a hurling winner with Cork, the last minor hurling captain for Cork in 2001. And obviously won the Grand Slam with Ireland in 2009. So yeah, it's a uh, you'll enjoy that one. I'd say if it comes up, it's a bit of hurling and a bit of bit of rugby as well. So yeah, you definitely enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, the last question I well last question I had before the quickfire ones. Um, nothing at all to do with GA, but it's one I ask every club. Have you guys been introduced to the Irish institution that is Father Ted, the greatest TV show ever made? <laughs> I've seen one episode. My brother, I think, had binge watched all of it, and he was like, "You got to watch this." And so yeah. I put it on. And I have a serious aversion now to uh, laugh tracks. So okay. hearing laugh tracks kick in, I just like totally freak out to like eighties <laughs> and nineties, and I can't, I can't deal with it. Yeah. He watched it all. He thinks it's the best. So yeah, uh, my brother definitely is, and I've seen one. So Ben, have you ever seen I, it? I'm actually not familiar. This yeah. may be new ground. I'll have to break yeah. here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so I'm going to Google Sublime what I got. Your job is to go look on a father's head. <laughs> yes. Wait Just don't, uh, don't surmise who I am by Sublime. It's, you know. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was kind of jumping on the grenade for that one. Uh, okay. That was like the, the college, especially when I was there, uh, late 90s theme song. It was always playing at every party. And uh, if you could play guitar, you could try, you could usually work out the little riff in there too. So okay, I, I do play guitar, so I'm intrigued now to see what to see okay. what it sounds yeah. like. So, yeah, You'll, yeah, give it a listen. You'll kind of wonder what the hell's. It going does on. have a nice little guitar riff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're still I, I'm still looking at it's out there somewhere for the the song that we can uh you know after a strong tournament showing we can all come together and sing in the pub afterwards. I'm looking for that. You know we're. It's out there somewhere. We haven't nailed it down. So soon enough, we'll have a club song. I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. So we can all cry. Yeah. If you really want to learn something, uh, the Irish one, the Rattling Bog, is uh, is perhaps the most uh, the most overplayed one, but it's also the one that a lot of clubs around the world seem to use because it just goes on forever. Like I don't know how many verses are actually in it. It could go on for about half an hour or so. They just right, get lost. That the, what, bold Teddy Quill? Well. <laughs> you could try that one as well yeah there's there's quite yeah. a few verses in that as well so yeah um the quickfire ones then are obviously you guys are both uh knoxville legends and some of these questions are sort of mixture of knoxville and irish stuff they're totally stupid questions but you have a 50 50 choice in both of them so you can choose with too whichever you want um the first one then you can choose between um actually since you're both into ireland you might be familiar with this you can choose between uh tennessee's famous mountain dew is that right the drink uh, or mm-hmm. Irish Seven Up, as we drink in Ireland. Uh, I guess I'll go with uh, it's quick fire. So yeah, I have to go with Mountain Dew, even though I don't drink it anymore. <laughs> my, my teeth thank me. Okay, yeah, I'm, going, I'm going Seven Up. That Mountain Dew is too sweet for me. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. Uh, country music or Irish music? Uh, if you're talking traditional country music, yeah. like George Jones, okay, probably. Oh man, that's tough. Uh, Probably traditional country, just because I know a lot more of it. But I mean, traditional Irish is pretty dang good. Okay. Yeah, there's a there's some outlaw mountain country that's coming up uh, around the Appalachians here in America. I'll go with that. But I mean, it's all tied together. It's all inspired by Irish yep. music. So um, I'll take the lineage of Irish music <laughs> into country music yeah. here in the Appalachians. Nice combination Start of the going. two. Yeah, I like that. Um, the you've got a ticket each to go to the Super Bowl final, the NBA finals, or the All Ireland hurling final. I'm going All Ireland. I'm going All Ireland. I would take yeah. NBA over the NFL, but I, All Ireland is, is a one of the kind experience that I'm seeking. Okay, I'll take that. Uh, Tennessee native Quentin Tarantino, or apparently I don't know if this is true. Steven Spielberg. Apparently, he's also from Tennessee. Is that right? I don't know. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I know. I know. Uh, yeah, Tarantino was born. Uh, Born and lived until like age three in Knoxville. Okay, so that's why Knoxville gets a lot of mentions in the movies. He'll talk about yeah. Knoxville time, or yeah, he'll fit something in, or somebody going back to Tennessee. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I guess Tarantino. Uh, yeah. Reservoir Dogs is a classic. That's top yeah. five for me. Yeah. yeah, Pulp Fiction was uh, was a something else when I watched it, but I, I got to go Spielberg. I like a lot okay. of his work, to be honest. It fits my, my preferences a little bit better. Okay, uh, like that one. Uh, the founder of Wendy's, apparently Dave Thomas, is from Tennessee. Um, or you can choose between the Irish favorite chip shop, Supermax. <laughs> well, I didn't have any Supermax while I was over there, so I thought <laughs> Wendy's on that one. Okay. I'm torn because I know Supermax is a big supporter of Gold. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to choose something you've never tasted as well. Wendy's chicken nuggets are, are unfortunately addictive to me, so I'm going to go Wendy's on that one. Okay, take that. Uh, there's two left. Uh, Tennessee native Randy Orton or Irish wrestling legend Seamus? <laughs> I think both are... Past my time, I, I was definitely <laughs> grew up on some WWF, as it were. Yes, same as yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen uh, Sheamus wrestle, so I guess I'll have to go Horton. Just okay. because I believe I've seen him or do yep. a few matches. Yeah, I, I admittedly was not too drawn into the wrestling. I like the name Sheamus better, so I'm going <laughs> to go there. Okay, we'll take that. And uh, which of these would win in a fight, uh, Johnny Knoxville or Joe Canning? <laughs> well, we're here in South Knoxville, where uh, Johnny Knoxville's from, so I feel like it's probably go. For, I'll probably have to vote for him. Okay. Some of the things I've seen Johnny Knoxville do are outright crazy. So I'm going with crazy over muscle. There. Yeah, Johnny you've also seen Joe Canning catch a ball from 90 yards, turn in one movement, and bury it in the net in Crow Park. So, yeah, yeah, well, that's just commonplace from what yeah. I understand. Sounds like a win-win for me on either yeah. one there. So, dare I ask what Johnny Knoxville is like? Have you encountered him in real life or never met him in real life? No, nah, seems uh, pretty laid back. I mean, obviously up for uh, stupidity, but uh, seemed like he, uh, yeah, just kind of has the acting career going now and not uh, destroying himself on a, on a regular basis. Yeah, there was quite there was quite a while here in Ireland years ago. I know he was like nearly the most famous person in the world at one point because. Was a jackass basically and then everyone was like Johnny Knoxville and it's only years later probably when I wasn't a kid that I realized that Johnny Knoxville is actually from Knoxville so <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. his name's uh like PJ Rourke or something his real <laughs> okay. name so, yeah Johnny Knoxville works pretty well yeah okay I, I wish I could say that Johnny Knoxville just frequented the pubs in, in town or something, but I've never known of him actually being in town. I mean, it may have happened very but rare not my no, I think the shot one episode of Jackass in town yeah okay Fair enough. And you haven't tried to encourage him to play full forward yet, no? <laughs> we'll see. I know he's a few years older than me. Hell, he's in his 50s. I don't know if he's coming <laughs> out. Plus, he's probably uh, permanently damaged from, you know, shopping cart accidents. Yeah, yeah probably. Out of and whatnot. So, we'll see. The, uh, there's an open invitation. If he happens to see this, look okay. us up, Johnny. We're, we're here. So, okay. Bye. I'll Next put this out. I'll put this out to Mr. Doxwood himself and see if he replies. Yeah, I, 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 won't, yeah I won't hold my breath, <laughs> to be honest. Um, <laughs> And then uh, I know I've got asked this already, but last last one then. If the Irish go to Knoxville, what's the one thing that we should do when we go there? I'd say find your way down to what's called Market Square. I mentioned it earlier. It's it's kind of the heartbeat of the city, but you'll see you'll see somebody in a three-piece business suit. And you'll see somebody, a traveler who just hopped off a train and everybody in between. And it somehow it kind of works. Uh, so I think you start there and you just branch out. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there anybody you guys want to give a shout out to before I let you guys go? Uh, I mean, I guess first off, the wife and family for <laughs> allowing me to be a part of Knoxville Hurling and staying busy and doing that kind of stuff and doing the travel uh, for sure. And uh, all the support, um, all of our sponsors, uh, Alliance, Jig and Rail, uh, Clancy's, uh, Knox Wire Harness. But uh, just, you know, thanks for everybody, all the teammates. And then uh, also, you know, thanks to the GAA for helping us out and keeping us afloat for the years. So we appreciate that. And I appreciate you also, you know, know. giving us a chance to talk and talk about an awesome sport and our club and giving us uh, an opportunity to be highlighted. So thank you. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, it's great having you guys on. Yes. Yeah, I appreciate it. I just I'd echo all of that, and then uh, I shout out my friend Colin and, and Philip that I met back in the day that kind of introduced me, and really tr- 
altered the trajectory of my whole life in some ways, finding Herlin. So uh, everything Adam said and then those two lads in addition. And I appreciate you. Really, really enjoyed being on. It's a great experience. And thanks a lot. Yeah, Not at we're all, getting busy. People are filing in. So the brewery <laughs> yeah. so got a little Perfect. loud. But yeah. That's all right. That's okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this will be going out probably in a couple of months because I said I'm doing kind of a lot of the recordings now so I can edit them over the summer. But um. I'll keep in touch with you guys and I'll let you know it, it is probably going to be October, November, I'd say at this stage, because it's okay. going to it's going to run into next February and March. So, yeah, it gotcha. kind of took off, took off a little bit. But uh, I'll keep in touch with you guys. And thanks so much for coming on. It's been awesome. a pleasure to pleasure to visit, visit Knoxville and hopefully I'll get there someday for yeah, real. So. Yeah, please, yeah, yeah. Keep in touch. You ever make it yeah. over here. Yeah, we'll, uh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll meet you downtown. Brilliant. First I can't wait. Off. I'll see I'll see you in Market Square. So <laughs> that's all right. Absolutely. Thanks, Good. Jason. Thanks all so much, guys. Take it easy. The best of luck. Thanks. Thank you. Good luck. Coming up the next day on the Loaf of Bread GA Global, we cut into our next slice. I just contacted Niall out of pure chance just to see what, what Bangkok was like. And I sent him a message on Instagram and he read it. He was out blind one night. He read it and forgot about it. <laughs> Uh, my cousin Angus Clark was out travelling with Joy oh, Boy yeah. and, and they bumped into night in Bangkok and Angus said to him like I think David is thinking of coming out this part of the world and he said I, I'm not sure if it's Bangkok he asked his mind really met up and Niall went oh Jesus I never replied this like <laughs> so he got the background details he's on about a CV he searched mine top and thin and then he, he replied and said look don't go any further than Bangkok so me and Kate and literally we were going to book our flights the following morning to uh, Hanoi and travel there for a while and then in the space of about two hours we were going to Bangkok. I say a big thank you to Ben and Adam for taking us through the brewery and through Knoxville GEA and coming up on Thursday next on the Loaf of Bread GEA podcast on Slice 32 I fly from the state of Tennessee to the Southeast Asian wonder that is Thailand and of course who else did I meet but two former county players from Offaly and Westmead. Niall Geraghty and David Dude McCormack bring me through the crack in Thailand, GAA and beyond. We chat all about the rivalries with Asian countries like Singapore, Myanmar and others, the Asian Games, teaching in Thailand, keeping up with the GAA back in their clubs in Rosemount and Duro, the Father Ted pub in Thailand, and of course answering some of the vital questions like the Thai Islands or the Aran Islands, a good temple or a good mass, and the giant golden Buddha statue or the great Alan Buddha Mangan of Westmead. That's next Thursday morning from 9am as I continue the journey with two slices a week. I'll see you at the arrivals hall, but until then, check out the various clubs on the Instagram page and see all the amazing work they do and some of the nicest GA gear going. Find the podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter and on TikTok. Email loafofbreadpod at gmail.com or just simply hit the follow button and spread the word of the Loaf of Bread GA pod across the globe. Slonagy.